our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So it's okay to do surrogacy in those three countries. If you're straight. <laughs> what if the parent that is put on the birth certificate passes away? Right, right, right. Then what happens to the child? Yeah, exactly. So the child would become a ward of the state. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Who's Your Daddy podcast, where it's our job to explore and discover all things non-traditional past the parenthood. That includes surrogacy, adoption, foster to adopt, and more. And today, we are going to be discussing where in the world can you do surrogacy? Where are the best places and worst places in the world to do surrogacy? And we're also going to touch on something that's happening in Europe right now that's affecting... Um, specifically LGBTQ Italians and their ability to even have a family. So that is going to be kind of an interesting topic to discuss. We have an interview coming up later in the episode, so don't miss that. In more recent years, we've seen this far-right conservative movement, nationalistic movement, hit through Europe, hit through the U.S. We've seen a lot of changes with it, laws specifically, and how that's affected the LGBTQ plus community. And now we're going to be kind of incredibly zeroing, disproportionately, right? Yeah. And now we're going to be zeroing in on some things that have really hit the news lately and kind of how that is like legitimately affecting a lot of us. And we're going right to talk now. to a couple that it is affecting right now. So that's going to be very interesting to hear their perspective, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But first, let's jump into. Where can you ha- where can you do surrogacy? Where's the best place to do it? A lot of people will probably realize that people come to the United States to do surrogacy, and there's definitely a reason for that. Yeah, well, why do so many people come to the U.S. to do surrogacy? Well, a lot of countries... Because I've heard, you know, you can do surrogacy in other countries. You can do surrogacy in other places around the world. But why can. the U.S.? The U.S. doesn't have any federal laws that specifically address surrogacy. But because we're broken down into a state system, each state can kind of have their own laws or statutes regarding surrogacy. So even though the U.S. doesn't have anything federally, every state usually has something on the books or... If it's not on the books, it's just assumed that you can do it because it's not technically illegal. Um, But there are a lot of states in the U.S. that have pretty good surrogacy laws that they've passed, some very recently. So, yeah, let's jump into a little bit of that because there are good and bad states in the U.S. as well. And then we'll talk a little bit about international. I do have a follow-up question just (gasps) to, like, clarify. Yeah. Um, Because I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of countries around the world that don't have any... Um, policies or laws around surrogacy as well it's just not defined so 
that's similar to the U.S. because federally we don't have like laws in place to regulate surrogacy. However, you said the state system, you know, we have our own more local statewide laws that occur and differs from state to state. Um, However, are there like protections in place within these states that protect intended parents, protect surrogates? Like what what makes it different from, you know, um, another country, another country. The way that I understand it is in, in the U S states have a lot of power, right? So we're like, it's sort of the state experiment. Um, so we're like a bunch of little countries that are sort of like under this umbrella of okay. a bigger country, right? And <gasps> if there is a federal law... Which is why they call it the United States. <laughs> Correct. Oh my God. So if there, But there, if, if there is a federal law, it supersedes state law. Right. Okay. But states are sort of allowed to like do their own thing to a certain extent as long as they're not outside of the federal law. So if there's no federal law banning surrogacy, states can kind of make whatever law they want regarding surrogacy however in some countries the country itself has a federal law that says surrogacy is not allowed um compensated surrogacy is not allowed and then there's a lot of countries that say that don't say anything right but then they also don't have any protections in place so the difference is even if you know united states as a whole doesn't have these laws in place but the states themselves do which is different than a country that just is like, mm, we don't really care, but there's also no protections. There's no laws that define what a donor is, what what a donor's rights are, what a surrogate's rights are, what the intended parent and parent's rights are. So say I'm a person who wants to have a baby in, um, let's say, I don't know, Thailand, for example. Um, Thailand doesn't have any specific laws on surrogacy. Not that I know of. Yeah. Okay. So we'll just say hypothetically, Thailand doesn't have any specific laws regarding surrogacy. I want to go to Thailand and have my baby there. So I find a gestational carrier and we're doing the thing in Thailand. Um, Is there a possibility that like issues could come up legally? Like a million times. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I mean, like if there's no, uh, I'm not sure if it's expressly outlawed in Thailand, but like there's no laws in place to know what to do. So like when you're at the hospital and this woman is having a baby, there's no way to explain like what's happening based on their law. So like there's no way for you to become a legal parent in Thailand. Does that make sense? Right. And so and if you took you, that baby husband to be the other legal parent. Yeah. So if you child. took that baby home, you would probably be like accused of kidnapping. <gasps> I mean, like, I think that's kind of what happens wow. if, if you can't, if you can't establish parentage, in a country and then you take a child from somebody who gave birth to that child then even if they're even if you're genetically tied i'm not entirely sure like what how the if there's no laws that like help you navigate that system then there's something in the law that could probably yeah find you thank you for going on this journey with me (laughs) i wanted to kind of like bring this up and make this point because i'm kind of um legally dumb in the oh, sense good. that I know very little about legal stuff. And a lot of the times when legality is mentioned, I just want to turn it off immediately because um, it kind of scares me. But like, you know, making that jump from, hey, these are the laws to, oh, this is actually how it can affect you out in the real world. That is a really big point. And I'm glad that you helped make that because that to me makes more sense to be like, oh, like reality logistically this is what can happen if these protections aren't put in place yeah i've never ran that scenario in thailand in my like through google or like research but 
my guess is that's right. sort We're of what would happen. A hypothetical situation. Yes. So the U.S. is the only country that has solidly defined laws that protect both surrogates and intended parents from potential legal challenges. Therefore, the United States is the best choice for international intended parents as well. Even though we don't have any national surrogacy laws, each state has their own regarding surrogacy. Some are favorable, some are unfavorable. Unfavorable. Unfavorable? Unfavorable. (laughs) Right. Interestingly enough, I ran across this little tidbit of knowledge, which is Kenya, Malaysia, Nigeria don't have formal laws, but surrogacy is permissible. So it's okay to do surrogacy in those three countries. If you're straight. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because we know that LGBTQ people are heavily discriminated against in those countries. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like sodomy is punishable by death. And at least one of these, I, I didn't jump into all of their anti-LGBTQ legislation, but none of these are um, LGBTQ affirming countries. So um, does not apply to potentially the audience listening to this. Another little tidbit of information that, that I thought was interesting is Colombia allows commercial surrogacy. The practice is recognized by the Constitution of Court, but there are few regulations. A lawmaker in Colombia is proposing a bill that would safeguard surrogates, protective parents and children, but I don't know that that's passed yet i didn't even i didn't figure out the date the exact date on that but i know that there is a couple who did surrogacy in colombia and they're trying to help a bunch of people yeah do surrogacy in colombia so that could potentially they're not the be... only couple i've heard a lot of good things about doing surrogacy in colombia and yeah. i think it's one of the up-and-coming countries that is really kind of like um figuring it out <laughs> like yeah it's super interesting so, i mean that's kind of an interesting point i've heard a lot of people going into mexico also to do surrogacy i have heard about yeah I, I don't i need to look a little bit more into that but that didn't come up as like a oh you could go to mexico pretty easily and do surrogacy mm-hmm. my guess is that again there's probably not a lot like a national law that helps or defines how that legal process plays out which so much of this, unfortunately, ends up being a legal process <laughs> because you're dealing yeah. with parental rights, compensations, payments. I mean, just that's kind insurances. of insurance scary thing, though. When you're thinking about doing this in another country, the possibility oh God, yeah. of your right to being a parent of your child not being respected or granted and therefore losing access to your baby that you now have like spent years and years in the making of like of growing your family well there was just and actually there was just a straight couple that made national news that had a child via ivf and surrogacy in mexico oh i remember this and the story. dad had to the I, I don't know why the mom couldn't go but for whatever reason the dad spent like one or two or three how, how many months i can't remember up to like i feel like it was maybe three months in Mexico trying to get all the paperwork together so that they could like adopt their own son so that they could bring take their son out of the country you know like take take the, the oh. take the child home you know what i mean wow. and so like the the mom like didn't get to meet her child i think they got to see him or her in the um hospital but then they weren't able to take them home until like they were like 2 or 3 months old i think so even a you know, that's not even, that's just a straight couple that's trying to like, you know, have a kid through surrogacy and do it in Mexico. And so that's why I think like, yes, you can do it, but I think it's also just sort of 
tenuous. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it makes sense why the U.S. is such a popular destination to do surrogacy. And then if there are protections at the state level to like protect intended parents, the surrogate and the child. Yeah. Um, Georgia has also been a popular destination for the for country, not the state. Fertility tourism. Correct. The country. Um, commercial surrogacy is legal for heterosexual couples, but not gay couples. So that's one thing is you can go to Georgia if you're straight, but not if you're gay. Ukraine used to be um, kind of a hub for surrogacy, but obviously not anymore. Right. And then Russia used to be somewhat of a hub for surrogacy, but they've outlawed anyone outside of Russia to do yeah. surrogacy in Russia. As of December 2022, from what I read. So it's all internal. But mm-hmm. again, um, like same-sex marriage, all that is not legal in Russia. There's no LGBTQ plus rights. There's huge discrimination. It's dangerous to be gay in Russia. So, like, it's not even a possibility for LGBTQ plus people to go to Russia. Which, again, again, when when you look something up as a gay person, you always have to add the caveat, but what if I'm gay? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, people do surrogacy in Georgia. Oh, but just straight couples. You know what I mean? It's like, you always have to... Or Kenya or Malaysia or whatever. It's Which like, is part of the difficulty in looking up this information yeah. because when you were looking this stuff up, you got a lot of information specific for heterosexual couples, but you weren't, you know, you had to do a little bit more digging to yeah, find right. like, oh. Well, yeah, a website yeah. can be like, oh, Kenya, Malaysia, and Nigeria allow it. It's permissible. But then you're like, mm, but I'm gay. So probably so not, not permissible. <laughs> yeah, it's like, mm, so unless I was unless I like put on a front and I like pretended to be straight and then I could go like through surrogacy in one of those countries. But man, that's so far away. Like not not I guess for us it's very far away. Oh, yeah. Obviously not everybody in the world right. is no, doing it, surrogacy from the United States. I mean, and that's um that goes without saying that when we're talking about this, not only is it applicable to those in the u.s but we're we're speaking to everybody outside the u.s as well um mm-hmm. because you know surrogacy happens all over the world yeah and so we can talk about yeah nigeria everywhere. might be a lot closer for somebody who's in spain or something like that but you know what i mean it's still not possible to yeah. go and do that if you're lgbtq um, if they're straight if they're yeah. straight, if they're straight, if they're straight. If they're straight. so that's where surrogacy is legal what about the places where it's mm, I don't know. Is there an in-between between legal and illegal? I mean, yes. So Canada, Denmark, New Zealand, Brazil, Britain, and Australia allow some forms of altruistic surrogacy, but for-profit surrogacy is banned. So it's kind of like restricted, regulated. It's, I mean, I think it's regulated anywhere that allows it to a certain extent. Um, but in these cases, there's no like, like in the US, you typically have a base compensation on top of other fees that are incurred that just can't be the surrogate's responsibility. That's the intended parent's responsibility. In those countries, the base compensation is an illegal act of payment, essentially. So so in these restricted countries, it's commercialized surrogacy is illegal. Altruistic surrogacy is legal. Yeah, so altruistic essentially meaning like I will carry your child. I will volunteer to implant the embryos that you've created so that, you know, we can make a child and bring a child into the world. But the only thing that you can pay for is like the medical 
fees, the transportation fees, hotel, I mean, that sort of stuff. Right. So any fees that are incurred, but there's a... There's no payment. Yeah. There's no payment in the U.S. Um, there's sort of like a pain and suffering, uh, which sounds really bad, but like it's uncomfortable, I guess. Hormone injections obviously. are uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable, it's right? It's uncomfortable to go through like a pain and suffering embryo. sounds real, like, yeah, I guess we're going to, yeah. So it's, that's painful, potentially suffering. Um, obviously you're putting somebody's body through a bunch of different stuff. So yeah, it's there's not no compensation a... <laughs> for pain and suffering, uh, in, in those countries. I know some people mentioned Canada. We looked into it like briefly. That would be amazing. Oh yeah, it would be. To like have a have a surrogate in Canada who was like just wanting to do it altruistically. Like I think that's amazing. I know when we were talking to some people when we were in Australia, they said that it was super difficult, like very unattainable to do in Australia. So I think that there might be something beyond just having to find somebody doing it altruistically there might be something deeper there i didn't look into it that far well i think it's also uh, you have to look at it with supply and demand too because if you're looking at the idea of altruistic surrogacy that's going to be i can't even imagine how long you'd have to wait for you know what i mean but you can imagine like how how much cheaper cheaper and more affordable that would be for Mm -hmm. um intended parents to be able to um have a surrogate that they're not paying I'm a still, fee i'm still open to like signing up with somebody in canada and just getting our name out there and then maybe <laughs> somebody just being like hey like i'll do it <laughs> i've also heard that it you know it can take several years two three years or more yeah. to sit on a list in canada oh, in order 100%. to get an altruistic surrogate because if you have i mean that's one of the big draws of the u.s too for surrogacy is a lot of people in the u.s do surrogacy or they're more tempted to do surrogacy because there's at least that incentive, that payment um, to be able to make an income mm-hmm. through doing surrogacy. Well, it's work. I mean, I think, I think the, Oh, it's a lot of work. To, yeah. To I mean, I think that it. the, the argument that it's the paperwork, the legal work, the appointments, like there's so much that goes into it. Yeah. Time, I mean, emotional investment, all of it. It's nine months of someone's time and energy to like create a child. So, I mean, it makes to me it makes sense. Obviously, I think anything that deals with money can end up with twists and turns that aren't great. But overall, I understand the like for-profit commercial surrogacy like model. Like, and then there's a whole argument against it. Oh, and there's we'll get into that when we talk about Italy. I think. It. <laughs> okay, let's talk about where it is illegal. Cambodia, Denmark, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, Portugal, Bulgaria, and Nepal. All illegal. No bueno, no altruistic, no commercial surrogacy. They have laws that state you cannot be a surrogate. Yes. And then with that, I find it so surprising to me that like most of Europe is, it's not possible to do surrogacy in most of Europe. It's very interesting. It is. Yeah. But I think, again, it's that commercialized versus altruistic surrogacy well you actually know you know what the other part of it is what it's when we were talking to somebody or when somebody was talking to us about going to canada or we were looking it up or something um in the u.s the insurance company the insurance policy our health insurance system in general is just like completely bonkers and doesn't make any sense right um we know that and so (laughs) a surrogate that has health insurance will not be covered if they are carrying somebody else's child unless their health insurance has a very specific surrogacy rider built into it that says like 
your pregnancy will be covered if you are a surrogate. But that is like pretty rare. So typically, intended parents have to buy a separate insurance policy. The surrogate has her own insurance policy for her health. We have insurance that we have for ourselves. But then just for the pregnancy, the nine months, we have to have, there has to be a third insurance policy that's just covering the pregnancy and the birth. Oh my goodness. But in those other countries, a lot of countries in Europe, pretty much all the countries in Europe that I can think of, Canada, Australia. Well, Canada's not in Europe, but I get what you're saying. No, no, no. But they all have um, universal health care. Right. So the government is essentially footing the bill, which by like government, it's just like, you know, everybody's paying into the, the healthcare system. But the government is paying for that that pregnancy as well. So if surrogacy is allowed, if compensated surrogacy is allowed, those countries would become, I think, like big havens. Oh my god! For surrogacy yeah, they because would. U.S. I feel like a lot of people in the U.S. would be going there, of course, to go through surrogacy because they wouldn't have to purchase this extra health insurance policy that can be anywhere from like I've read like five thousand to like thirty thousand. Like it's I don't I. I'm still not sure why right. that figure is so bizarre, but that's what that's, I think that's Good part of, of it. Tons and tons of money that the government would be paying for regarding healthcare for surrogacy. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So I think that could be part of it. Maybe somebody can fact check me on it, but it's a good it's point just to make. Like, I actually don't know. We're just like big, it's just, the U S is just a big capitalistic society. So like, if an insur- if insurance companies can make money off of people going through surrogacy in the United States, like the U.S. is going to be like, okay, sure. It's another statement for the wild, wild west. It's the yeah. wild, wild west. Why it is the wild, wild west out here? I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. I don't know, but um, so the U.S. being the kind of like favorite place for people to do surrogacy because of laws and protections, there are good places and bad places in the U.S. to do surrogacy. The best place, hands down, in the U.S. To, to do, do surrogacy, surrogacy is California, bar none, California. They have the most laws that specify the roles of donors, intended parents, gestational carriers, etc. State laws protections. Yeah, yeah. Pre-birth orders, names on birth certificates, like legal, legal documentation of like how this process works. Runs so smoothly. California knows Little to no doing. issues. That's great. The one problem is... When you are the best at something, you're usually the most expensive place to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is the best car in the world. That would be great for me to have, but it's probably <laughs> going to be really expensive. <laughs> this is the best place to do this process, but it's probably kind of expensive. They have like the best IVF clinics, um, the best laws for surrogacy. So if if that's affordable for somebody and, you know, if if money is not necessarily an issue, that's the place to do it. California knows what they're doing. But there are other other states that are also very like surrogacy friendly. So DC, Idaho, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Washington, New Jersey, Vermont, Nevada, Connecticut, Delaware, Maine. These so are- I am surprised to see Idaho on the list. Yeah. I have to say. I mean DC, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Washington, that all makes sense. I also am surprised not to see Oregon on this list. But let's talk about Idaho. Why Idaho? Yeah. So Idaho is kind of a um Somebody was saying that Idaho is like a big mecca for surrogacy. We actually have friends that did surrogacy in Idaho, but the laws two years ago were not the laws that they have now. So this was literally as of like 
a couple months ago. I think it was June 2023. Oh, my. Idaho just passed a protective surrogacy law. So the law uh, provides a simplified process similar to that in Utah, where the intended parents or parents enter into agreement prior to attempting a pregnancy. The legal agreement must be submitted to an Idaho court for verification that it meets the requirements of the law. Then immediately after birth of the child, notice is filed to the court of birth and an order is issued permitting the intended parents to be legally recognized as the child's parents. So uh, summarizing that in terms that we can all understand, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Idaho had made it kind of difficult, um, I think specifically for same-sex couples, to be on the birth certificate or non-genetically tied parents to be on a birth certificate. They didn't have any laws that kind of like outlined that process again like california has mm-hmm. and so a lot of sometimes i think then it just gets thrown up to a judge or a court and they get to decide which is the kind of a weird thing it's like in some yeah. of these places um in some of the places like like in oregon and like it's like gambling with your parental rights it's just it's up to it ends up being up to a judge sort of of like pre-birth orders or adoption stuff you just have if you if you don't have these laws in place sometimes it can be a long process our friends were kind of part of like making this push forward because they had kind of a difficult time Mm. doing um the adoption process after the child so basically what ends up happening is the child will be born one of the parents uh intended parents is put on the birth certificate but the other parent is not no the surrogate mother is the surrogate mother and so the one that's have, not even genetically related and then you have to go that. through oh yeah so gestational carrier right gestational so she carrier. is like no nah, but she carried the baby of course but she carried the baby so, so she gets put on the birth certificate as mom right okay and then the but she has no intention of being mother <laughs> yes <laughs> and even though there's a bunch of documents that they've signed supposedly with lawyers and legal documents that like this pa- person still gets put on the birth certificate because there's no I, they don't know how to law that like clarifies that yeah exactly wow yeah so i think they had to go to florida or something to like what? do adoption things and then they were able to both be on the birth certificate i don't know super weird but dang yeah if the state that's the thing if the state doesn't have it written somewhere and outline the process then judges and lawyers have to decide what the best process is or like what's legally uh feasible so my question is why is it so important for both intended parents to be put on the birth certificate like why does it matter so much i mean i think just like from a personal perspective right like well yeah that person carrying the child is not the mother the mother right like they have no genetic tie they have no interest in legally bound to this child so i think there's that perspective of it um it's also a, a legal document of identification right so like sometimes for different jobs or different i mean passport applications right or you have to show your birth certificate um and that birth certificate should have your parents the people who are raising you on it yeah um so one that's important but secondly depending on the pre-birth order if you are able to get one of those or if you're not Sometimes, even if you're on the birth certificate, you have to do what's called a second parent adoption. So if you're not the genetic tie of that child. So this is kind of, a, you know, for gay and lesbian couples more specifically, right? So yeah. typically we can only have one of us genetically tied to this child. Um, the other one would have to do something called like a second parent adoption. I think in Idaho, this law takes care of both of those things. Like 
so that you don't have to do the second parent adoption because that can cost thousands of dollars Mm. and it can Mm -hmm. be just a timely like lengthy process so in some states with these laws they're adding legal ties just you know on top of the fact that you're on the birth certificate so i think there's there's two caveats i think you have to know one am i on the birth certificate and two was that legally binding or am i just on the birth certificate but there wasn't enough paperwork in the background that i have to do a second parent adoption it's okay very yeah. i that's how i understand it it's very murky because i think yeah, some people that sounds murky. i've heard stories of people being on the birth certificate but they also then had to do a second parent adoption well either way like uh, say you're not able to be put on the birth certificate because there's no laws that have that protection and the judge just decides nope not happening so you're not putting you're not put on the birth certificate one of the parents is and then the surrogate mother is like what about things like what if the parent that is put on the birth certificate passes away right 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 then what happens to the child yeah exactly so the child would become a ward of the state because that that person that other person is not again if it's even if, like I said, even if their name is on the birth certificate, but there's not enough legal background with the birth certificate, sometimes you also need that second parent adoption to then assume the parental rights of that child. I'm just thinking of like, you know, consents at the hospital. What if the child's hospitalized and no, exactly. one of the parents wants to needs to go visit the child? Right. You know, um, things like that. So. Right. So then you would, and you would also like need permission. Wow. From the other parent to do a bunch of different things for that the child like make decisions yeah sign off on things make medical decisions my god all of that okay yeah that's crazy yeah so those are the best states there are bad places and then there are sort of like meh places there's a bunch of meh places but i'm just going to list the bad ones so if you're going through surrogacy don't go here okay okay, okay. So, arizona Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, and Wyoming. The surrogacy laws in these states are unclear. There may be significant variations in the outcome of surrogacy contracts. So essentially, these states have nothing written down. Everything's left up to a judge. No pre-birth order guarantee. No second parent adoption guarantee. So it just could be really messy, uncomfortable. Whatever happens in court happens, and somebody has to make a decision, and there's no legal protections for you. And then the absolute worst places, worst, 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 these explicitly prohibit surrogacy, Louisiana, Michigan, and Nebraska. So they say it's illegal. So they have something written. Okay. It's not that they don't have anything written. It's that they have something written that says it's illegal. So don't go there. That might have changed. Somebody said like Michigan's the only one left. So maybe Louisiana and Nebraska changed something, but I did not read anything recently. But still not super friendly. Yeah, not super friendly. Not there yet. Not that I would... Not not somewhere that I would go. So if you're like a surrogate and you're like, I'll be your surrogate or you're like finding some intended parents and you really want to be a surrogate, but you're from Michigan, like, sorry, they <laughs> like, can't choose you. It's illegal there. The remaining states, uh, the ones that we didn't mention. So the good, the bad, and then like the really bad. And this includes Oregon, our, and our in- home state where we live. Yeah, this includes Oregon. Um, they don't have legislation outlawing surrogacy and gestational surrogacy is typically allowed by statute. Depending on your state and your circumstance, this may be done through pre-birth order, a full adoption, a step-parent adoption, or a second-parent adop- parent adoption to ensure both partners are legal parents of the child. So that's where... 
like Oregon doesn't have anything specific. So we might be able to do a pre-birth order. Depends on the judge. Depends on how legally binding that ends up being. If not, we might have to do a second parent adoption afterwards, you know, just sort of depending. Oregon is very like lenient in most of these cases. So even though it doesn't clearly dictate when pre-birth parentage orders will or won't be granted, it's usually up to a judge. Usually judges in Oregon, you're going to be in a metro area and they're probably going to be somewhat liberal leaning on these things and they're going to understand the process of surrogacy because I think surrogacy is done quite a bit in Oregon. Typically, a pre-birth order is accepted when at least one of the intended parents is genetically related to the child. In other situations, a post-birth adoption may be needed to establish legal parental rights for intended parents in Oregon. The birth certificate does include the name of the surrogate in Oregon, but Oregon law allows this to be changed really easily. So intended parents can remove her name and add their own regardless of gender. If both intended parents are the same sex, it doesn't hinder this process. So that's where it's the same as like it was in Idaho. It's just Idaho made it really difficult to, to remove actually, the surrogate. Oh, okay. But Oregon but Oregon's makes like it like really easy. easy. So it's just fine. Yeah. And Oregon's a, maybe a lot more of a liberal state compared to Idaho. So your yeah. chances of getting a judge that is um, going to approve your pre-birth order is far more likely yeah and again like oregon is one of the most popular states for surrogacy in the u.s you have people from all over the world that come here to do surrogacy Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean that was kind of a question that came up was like oh i wonder why oregon Mm -hmm. if if, if, like you know there's not the same protections as what you would get in california um but it's gonna be be a a cheaper for it it's gonna be a cheaper area probably to do it comparatively yeah but it says in all cases oregon's vital records will honor a second parent adoption order from another state so if even if you do surrogacy in another state oregon will honor that oregon will honor like whatever yeah second parent adoption so wow pretty lenient like but also nothing like in stone so maybe we can change that (laughs) we can be change makers Tina, <laughs> right? <laughs> I can knock on Tina's door, right? Tina Kotek is the governor of Oregon, by the yeah. way. We should bring this up to your brother. <laughs> yeah. He'll make it happen. My brother works in politics. Yes, <laughs> by the does. way. <laughs> All these inside things that nobody knows about. And like, oh, here's a piece of info. Here's a piece of info. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, well, speaking of politics, let's speaking get into this Georgia Maloney business and what is going on in Italy. This is going to be a conversation on this far-right nationalistic conservative movement that's going out, like going through Europe, um, specifically the recent news that's been all around Italy and how that's affected LGBTQ plus families everywhere. So let's get into it. Okay, to start with, in the past, some local mayors and city councils have granted birth certificates to same-sex couples, listing both of them as parents, but this practice stopped er earlier this year by order of Prime Minister Georgia Maloney. Local prosecutors are now moving to change those birth certificates to reflect only one mother. This is specifically happening in a northern city called Padua, is that right? Yeah, Padua. Um, And they started removing the names of non-biological gay mothers from their children's birth certificates under new legislation passed by the traditional family first government. Okay, hold up. Okay. Wait. So you're saying not only have they changed the law to not grant any more birth certificates to same-sex couples. They're like removing people from birth certificates that their names are on. Yeah. Yeah. They just 
Yeah, they went full bore. So like literally you have families, parents with a yeah. kid, with kids. And, and they're on the birth certificate right now. And they're on the birth certificate. And the government is taking these birth certificates back uh-huh. and removing one of the parents from the birth certificate. Yeah. What? I know. So super, super, super sad. And I just want to like emphasize because it's not only just a piece of paper, like a sentimental piece of paper. It's also like the right. So we were talking about the right being able to visit your child in the hospital. Make um, decisions make about decisions. school. Make yeah. Des- you know, pick them up from school. Like, yeah. Even pick them up from school. Well, I think Jeez. it's like, it's sort of like a guardianship thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, it's like if, if I drop my kid off at school and I say that this other person's going to pick them up, like I, as the parent, have to, to delineate that. Mm. So... If you're not the parent, some the parent has to give you permission, right? So if you're not on the birth certificate and you're not considered Goodness. their parent, yeah, your spouse is going to have to tell the school, this person's okay to pick them up. You know what I mean? It's, it's really bizarre. Luckily, this has been sort of isolated from what I've seen to like one or two or three cities because it's weirdly like up to the city to issue these birth certificates and sign these birth certificates so like the mayor of rome has come out like strongly against this Mm -hmm. and has even continued to like sign people's birth certificates with same-sex couples as both parents so it's an interesting thing like in the u.s it would be states probably making these decisions not cities but here it's like everything's controlled by city which like how many thousands of cities are in italy or you like, know? A, so, a regi- like a city oh regional gosh. area right yeah so very 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 wild to note uh italy doesn't allow same-sex marriage they don't recognize same-sex marriages but they do recognize same-sex civil, civil unions, unions since the year 2016 yeah so also problematic when you're trying to establish parental rights if you can't be legally married Another thing is that uh, Italy doesn't allow LGBTQ plus couples to fully adopt or they don't allow adoption rights in Italy. And this is also in part because surrogate pregnancy is also illegal in the country. So you can't do surrogacy in Italy. You can't Mm-mm. adopt in Italy if you're an LGBTQ plus couple. What, is that confirmed? If you're a gay couple in Italy, you can't adopt. Wow. But... Get this, fostering is open to unmarried couples, single people, and the LGBTQ community. <laughs> LGBTQ Maybe they don't plus have... people can foster a child, can like... Take care of a child with the, the highest, highest needs. Need children in the country. But they can't adopt. And they can't be granted the rights to parenthood. Wow. To be a child's parent. That's so sad. I think when we think of Europe, we usually think of them being like, more forward thinking like on super progressive on the cutting social issues yeah not the case wow our family has grown welcome to the world hannah baby introducing a new collection hannah soft made with tencel it's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments and it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round entrusted hannah quality for your most precious gift hannah soft Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection. 
Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Um, okay, so all of this is sort of trickling in from this far-right government, um, this woman named Georgia Maloney, who I don't want to give like too much time to, but let's just figure out who she is. She joined something called the Italian Social Movement, which was like a right-wing party founded by supporters of Benito Mussolini, who, if you know anything about... Oh, the fascist. Bad guy, fascist. Yeah, World War II. We don't like him. Do we remember that? She was big fan. Big fan growing up. So fast forward to 2019, the Brothers of Italy, which is essentially like a fascist leaning right wing party. It's kind of like the party from Benito Mussolini has evolved and changed over time into other political groups. And now this Brothers of Italy, is that what it's called? Yeah. Is like one of those groups that have come out from this fascist movement. Yeah. And they went from like in 2019, getting maybe 6% of the vote in an election to 2022 they got 26 percent of the vote whoa which in italy somehow made them the controlling party (laughs) and put her a lot of parties put her as you know the person in charge of parliament the prime minister she's running on this very floridian style family first um, it's called God Family Fatherland. That's the name of the of like the pro family campaign called God Family God Family Fatherland. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the the thing that gets me is like one of their biggest pushes for this government is to encourage women to have children. <laughs> right, but I mean, like. Okay. Yeah, I know it's it's funny because to, they have a really low birth rate. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is kind of where this problem stems from. Ironic. Well, it's it's because yeah, Italy has a really low birth r- rate. It has what the lowest birth rate in Europe. Lowest in the world. Lowest in the world. One point two four per woman is among the lowest in the world. It doesn't say the lowest, but it says among the lowest. And Italy's population is consistently aging. Oh yeah. So you're getting more and more old people, less and less young people, and the economy is suffering because of that a little bit. So this is sort of like a thing throughout the world, right? Like this is kind of happening in every country. Old people are a huge swath of the population, Mm -hmm. and then they stop working and they go on Social Security, and Social Security is being paid by us at the moment. And if there's less of us working and contributing to social security there's not enough money for them to like live right and so that's essentially what's happening in france right so they're trying to increase the retirement age it's happening it's always a topic of conversation in the u.s and now it's i think becoming more of a a top of mind in italy and in italy right it's mostly super old population and not enough young people and most of the women most of the younger women in italy are taking care of their older parents well that's um that was one thing that was said is that you know Besides all of these factors, lack of affordable childcare, low salaries, precarious work contracts, and the tradition of women bearing the burden of caring for older parents, it's like, it's not... It's not a very conducive world place to, to have children. Yeah. There's not much benefit of having a child other than like... Well, know, I mean, if you want a family, that, that's you why want you a family, have a child. That's, great. that's why you have yeah. a child, right? But like, 
economically you're not benefiting from having a child like if the government is just like you need to have a child and you're like i can't afford a child you're more like disadvantaged <laughs> economically yeah i mean it's just a really expensive world to have kids in right now and i don't think that that older people understand that it's not just like we can't just have like a million kids oh yeah like we goodness we can't afford we can it. afford it it's just not possible. <laughs> I, I wasn't even connecting that like to us, but like, uh, cause I mean, yes, but even in the U S it's the oh, same yeah. thing. So I, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm getting layers of understanding right now. Well, I mean, and then like people are <laughs> thinking, Oh my gosh, what kind of life can I provide for this child? And costs of everything keep going up and you have to pay for sports. And then are they going to go to college? How are you going to afford college? Cause college tuition and costs keep rising all the time and millennials are carrying like the most debt of any generation ever and it's just it's a rough time to just tell people who are in their 20s and 30s to just, just have, have more children. babies like but only tell part of the population like lgbtq plus people can't cannot, cannot have don't babies. you dare have don't, babies. don't have babies but the straight couples yes you can have babies in italy um pope francis also stated recently he was encouraging italians to have more children he denounced the financial precariousness that is facing a lot of young couples but he also denounced this selfish egotistical choice that has led to a record low birth rate and is threatening the country's economic future which is like bonkers a weird thing to say it's a weird thing to say like take no account of the world as it is and just be like you're selfish for not having kids yeah like, not a good look no that's not <laughs> also like our generation i think is probably the most environmentally conscious uh generation thus far well, i think uh, gen z is probably no that's more. what i'm saying but like gen z are like childbearing at this point they're in their low oh, 20s yeah. i mean oh, like i know gen z i know gen z people who have children um People aren't doing great things for the planet. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like each person has this has a carbon footprint. Each person creates trash. Like, I think we as a generation don't feel like it's our job to continuously increase the population of the world when we like actively see human activity destroying it. That's a kind of like a factor that might play into it. Plays into my mind of like. If I, if we could just have kids, if we were a straight couple, mm -hmm. we could just have kids. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't really think about it as much, but having to put as much thought as we do into having kids, I'm thinking of like, do we really need to like go from 5 billion to 6 billion to 7 billion to no. 8 to 9 to 10 yeah. to 11 to 12 to 13 billion? Like, is it necessary? No. Or is it not. maybe like, maybe like that's just what's going to happen is that we can have be, we can be fine with there being like seven or eight billion people and we don't have to well, the go. population is going to be self-limiting at some point because there's only so many yeah. resources but I, yeah i don't know that's it's a whole just, nother conversation i don't know honestly. i know but i'm just saying i think that's maybe in other people's minds if it's in my mind yeah who knows maybe not okay i want to go back to the situation in italy no no, no no of course yeah and i'm thinking of Ital i'm th i'm saying like that could be in the minds of some italians we were just in italy there is like very little land that's not occupied by humans. Yeah. Like that is a small country with like 60 some million people. Oh, it's the yeah. size of Oregon. Oregon has like 4 million people. Holy crap. I mean, it was just, it was so packed. So Padua. 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 
What do you want to say? Well, as of recently, 27 mothers have been removed from 27 birth certificates. This is true. So this is like, all right, we're dealing with small numbers here, but this is like a very significant thing. Slippery slope. Yeah. And that's kind of why we were talking about it yeah. because it's, it's, it's freaky. It's scary. It's weird. It's uh, unprecedented. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. 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 Well, the measure also stops men in same sex relationships from registering the birth of their child with both father's names. Instead, they have to choose one to be the legal father, which then if you can't adopt as a LGBTQ person in Italy, then you cannot have. Right. Then you can't shared parentage. I don't know. As a family. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm basically destroying like the possibility of, of, of LGBTQ plus families having a family. So then if one passes away, right, then there's going to be this lengthy process to try and legally adopt the child. But then if you, if LGBTQ people can't adopt, then how is that even going to be possible? And like you mentioned before, this affects lots of different rights to the non-registered parent. And it requires them to access or gain permission from the other parent in order to carry out everyday family tasks, like Mm -hmm. picking up the child from school. But wait, there's more. Um, Her government Maloney's government also introduced legislation to extend the national ban on surrogacy to couples who use services abroad. Whoa. So anyone breaking the law could face two year jail term and a fine of more than $1 million. So I'm sorry. Not only is like surrogacy out. Oh my God. So they're trying to like outlaw surrogacy. You from doing surrogacy anywhere in the world. world. If you're an Italian citizen. How is that? How can you do that? That's just wild to me. Yeah. Um, that law hasn't been debated in parliament yet um but that's kind of like the real possibility that of what we're looking at with this government but also that affects heterosexual couples right but it's it's just surrogacy right but it's disproportionately affecting. no totally but like but like if it's just a surrogacy that could be heterosexual couple yeah if you are having trouble getting pregnant like sorry you can't do surrogacy abroad you can't do surrogacy, period. You can't do surrogacy, period. No, totally. Um, Justin Trudeau like spoke out against this, um, which I thought was very nice of him to do. <laughs> um, we love we love Justin Trudeau. Um, at the G7 summit, he said Canada is concerned about some of the positions Italy is taking uh, in terms of LGBTQ rights, and to which... Um, Georgia Maloney looked really uncomfortable, I guess, <laughs> so, mm. which she should. That's just some bonkers, crazy stuff that happens when you let crazy, radical, right-wing political leaders start running things. And we actually got in touch with one of the couples. One of the parents was removed from the birth certificate. and From Padua. From Padua. And we did an interview with them to just kind of like go through their experience and like what the heck is happening you know, like what, what are their options moving forward? What, how does this change their life, et cetera, et cetera. So we really wanted to hear, I mean, the perspective of somebody that this is truly affecting. Yeah. So we were super happy that they were willing to come on and yeah. And share their knowledge. We are talking to Michaela and Viola in Italy. And this is a couple that has actually been in the news because one of them was removed from the birth certificate of their child, which is obviously very devastating. And we are so lucky to have 
Giacomo and Sydney here <laughs> helping us translate. So we we're just going to kind of ask them about their experience and like what's been going on and just all this news that has just kind of cropped up in Italy recently. So one, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And if you guys just want to give a little introduction of yourselves, that would be great. I'm Michela. She's my wife, Viola. We formed a civil union a couple of years ago. We were supposed to do it during the pandemic, but we did it um, right after the lockdown. We decided to create to start a family. And because of this, with everything that's happening in Italy, after our daughter Julie was born, we landed on many newspapers because our daughter was born with two mothers. But at a certain point in her life, when she was nine months old, one mom was removed from her life. I'm, I'm curious because there were multiple women like removed from birth certificate. So you're not the only ones that were on, that were two women on a birth certificate, correct? Like, did you know other people that had done this? We are not the only ones. We, after the election of Georgia Maloney and the letter from Minister Piantedosi that instructed mayors to stop transcribing birth certificates, we were the the first or second couple to be removed from the birth certificates. So uh, the first or second family uh, to be removed in January 2023. The cancellation was very, very fast. We went to court and our daughter had a mother removed from her birth certificate at the beginning of April. Uh, we were the first family for whom this process was uh, retroactive because they did not stop Julia from having two mothers recognized. Julia had two mothers, but one was canceled later on. Now there are other certificates that the courts are considering. There are 33 or 34 in Padova. So unfortunately, we're definitely not the only ones. Yeah, because they're in, is it Bergamo? Padua. No, but I think they're in, are they in Padua or are they in Bergamo? Bergamo. So they're in Bergamo. Bergamo started doing it before Padua. Oh my God, really? Oh, wow. Wow. Padua is like the one that's... That's in the news. It's in the news. It's like yeah. 27. And then I think them in um, Bergamo. Bergamo is like, I think maybe okay. a few, but I, I guess I don't know the numbers. What's the legal reasoning that like, what they're What do they citing? say? Yeah, what are they like, saying? What are they like, telling how, how you? Are they, how are they justifying it? That, like, this birth certificate is invalid. Like, how is that possible? Like, now I do not want to use inappropriate language since it's legal language. But when we went to court with our lawyer, we decided not only to defend our daughters, birth certificate, but to try to take this matter to the constitutional court. So we were told that there was nothing unconstitutional in what was happening and that I'm going to rephrase it here. There cannot exist a family with two mothers. The family is made up of a mother and a father. A family has a mother and a father. We were two mothers. Two mothers cannot exist. There's only one mother and that's Viola. But the solution they proposed was adoption. 
They told us not to despair because the solution existed, stepchild adoption, which truth be told is not really a solution, but just a patch. At the end of the day, they told us there's nothing unconstitutional and a family can be considered as such only if there's a father and a mother. And in the documents, a stepchild adoption was indicated as a possible solution. I'm just going to add one thing. We made this attempt. We went to the constitutional court with the lawyer, not only to defend ourselves, but also because the judge of the constitutional court two years ago said it was necessary to legislate on the subject because there is no law in Italy that talks about birth certificate transcriptions of family with same-sex parents. There is nothing, so a law is needed. The judge of the constitutional court said it. The judge asked the parliament to legislate on the subject. It's been several years and nothing has been done and there's an important normative void in Italy. In the documents, the court, in their final ruling, tells the, the city of Bergamo to cancel my name from our daughter's birth certificate because a family cannot be made of two mothers. Julia has a mother, that's Viola, and I am Viola's partner, but I'm not Julia's mother. Julia has one mother. That's Italy's stance on it. So how did this affect your family and what are the implications to this decision? Being yeah, like passed? what are the practical implications? Like mm -hmm. if something happens to the biological parent, right? And then what happens to the child if, if this second, this step-parent adoption doesn't go through? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, she's still removed off the birth certificate. Is it like she's not the mom at all? Or like, how does it, you know, affect them? If something happens to Viola, Julia, in the most positive of the hypothesis, uh, she's giving to her grandparents, Viola's parents. And in the worst case, she would be put up for adoption. I have no saying today, legally, in Julia's life, but I do pay for her essential services. This is something that I always emphasize, because if I have no right or responsibility, actually, so I, I could say today, I'm just leaving, goodbye, everybody. I have no responsibility, which is terrible. I have no right, so I, I can't. Well, I, I couldn't. I'm going to use could, could because it's not like that. I couldn't take her to the doctor. I couldn't pick her up from daycare. But actually, I do take her to the doctor and I do pick her up from daycare. I do pay for the essential services because Yol and I are considered as a unit by the government because we live in the same house. And because of our civil union, our income is combined. Viola is not considered as a single mother when it comes to paying for daycare or to paying for all other basic services for Julia. Our income is combined. This is another important paradox that families like ours are living in Italy. 
I cannot take advantage of any of the benefits. For example, at work, I didn't have the right to maternity leave. I didn't have, I don't have right to taking time off when Julia is sick. I use PTO days because I can do it, but I do not have a right to anything. We already started the path of stepchild adoption precisely because these things I'm telling you are very serious and difficult to manage in everyday life. Funny, uh, ironic thing is that they are considered as a family um, for tax purposes. So they are taxed as if they were a family and um, Viola is not a single parent, a single, a single mother. Um, because if you are sure. a single mother, then you have like um, a discount on like daycare or services. Oh my God. Um, they are paying taxes as a family, but they're not getting like the benefits of um, I'm being so mad. So they're getting, yeah. <laughs> they're being taxed and, like a family, but they're not being they're treated not like the a family. rights as yeah. a family. But they're, yeah, their rights are not those of a family. Okay. So we don't want to take too much of your time. This has been like mind boggling and very um, eye opening. But is there anything else that, that you want to say about just the situation or like your experience in Italy or anything that we didn't touch on yet that, that feels important to share? It's important that you keep talking about it, especially abroad. Since we started talking about this um, in some foreign newspapers, others have come. This is a picture of Italy that is very different from the one you would imagine. An Italy in 2023 that prevents functional families like ours that are full of love to cultivate a healthy relationship and a healthy family. It is something to tell outside our borders because things can slowly change. And because children like Julia and families like ours should not go through all this uh, that we are going through. I will adopt Julia as they um, suggested, not because I think that I have to adopt my daughter because she is my daughter. She was born from the great love between me and Viola and from a donation. But I hope that nobody will have to go through the things we are going through in the future because it's a, it's a pain that cannot be described. We are happy about this, uh, but very tired, but very happy. We're tired because we have a job um, as well as um, what's our main job, which is our family. Uh, we have to dedicate time to our family, to our jobs, and everything else we have to do is extra, like being on social media, telling our story, having created a small community of almost 10,000 people who love and support us, but above all, talking to newspapers, which is not easy for us, but we decided to do it because we really don't want any other child, no other family to go through what we are going through because it's absurd um, in 2023 in a democratic country in Europe.
We also interviewed our friends Giacomo and Sydney. Uh, Giacomo is from Italy. They now live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, however, we wanted to get Giacomo's input on kind of like how these changes of law affect him. And, you know, they've considered moving back to Italy and they've been having this. I, I spoke to them recently and they, they've been having this discussion on kind of the factors that they're considering as far as like what's mm -hmm. changing in the U.S., what's changing in Europe, what's changing in Italy. How is that going to affect them and their ability to have a family in the future? So this is another great point and a good conversation to have right now is lots of people are having the same conversation around the world. So to follow up with all this, we do have uh, Sydney and Giacomo. They are a couple that live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh -huh. And I was actually talking to them recently about like surrogacy, adoption, kind of like family building options because they're a gay couple looking at building their family. Um, but Giacomo is from Italy. He's an Italian citizen. Yes. And so we were talking about kind of like that and what's going on in Italy right now and how that's affecting their decisions because I think Sydney and Giacomo were saying you guys you guys were saying your your interest in maybe relocating back to Italy at some point. And so I don't know. Take it away from there. Which like, I take what? as a personal uh insult. <laughs> I don't you would move but... further away. <laughs> oh well if you guys move further away, yeah. But I right. mean, Italy. Is, yes. It's a nice place to be. I mean the food's pretty good. Yeah. It's good. Well, thank you for having us, first off. Oh, of course. <laughs> thank you for being um, here. Giacomo helped translate that entire conversation with the um, couple from Italy. So thank you. Grazie mille for that. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> um, but yes, go ahead and just kind of talk a little bit about kind of what your thoughts are, essentially. Like, we want to grow family. Italy's kind of being weird right now, but like, it might be a kind of a great place to live. Like, it's... Really, it's your, where you grew up. There's a lot of great food. There's a lot of reasons that you might want to live in Italy, but then right. there's also a lot of reasons where you, why you may not. So I don't know, walk us through that like thought process. Everything you said is very, very true. Obviously, like being close to family, if you yeah. want to start a family, like yeah. original family is definitely helpful. And um, for all the support, practical and also like moral. Um, yeah. But yeah, the situation right now in Italy is not the most um, ideal for same-sex couples wanting to start a family. So mm. I definitely think that because of that, even if we wanted to move back to Italy like right now, we wouldn't. Right. Um, the landscape needs to change to what it currently is because right now I'm an American citizen, he's an Italian citizen. So yeah. we're... Talking about, you know, what would that look like in terms of if we were to move there, if things, you know, decline in this country, what, you know, at least we, we thought at first we have an option to leave or we have an option to go to his country. But then the question comes in the place of at that time, let's just role play into the future. Am I going to be an Italian citizen or am I not going to be one? Right. And if so, who's going to be the registered parent of the child? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and then, then you're thinking, I mean, even with still family sure. building options in general, like if you were to move to Italy and choose that, you you know, you want to adopt or you want to grow your family via surrogacy, how we're considering the current political climate and what's changed, like how does that affect your family building process? If we move to back to Italy, it would have to be after we start a family because I think building a family, building a family here is not easy. 
as you guys explore in your podcast. <laughs> Correct. But there, there's an end goal. You can do it. Yeah, it's a possibility at least. While in Italy, it seems like they're kind of like uh, doing everything they can to make it impossible. Like um, putting up more and more barriers yeah. to make it more difficult for... Well, like Michaela and Viola were saying, like it's there's just no law supporting two moms, right? Whereas mm -hmm. in the U.S., there are states with written law that supports two same-sex parents, right? It's written mm -hmm. down somewhere in the United States in multiple states. Not all of the states, but multiple states. Right. Um, right. Also, we have legal marriage, right? Yes. So, um, but, and Italy does not. And so I think, you know, as much as we think about our situation in the U.S., sometimes we have at least those protections, which you would essentially be For kind of throwing up into right the now. air, right? If you Literally. ended up going. Yeah. And it, to make it even more complicated in Italy, um, there are rules that apply to two moms, but not to two dads. And so like, I was reading that like two men together is considered like more severe and more dangerous than two women together. What? So that's why two women together, they can do more than what two men can legally do. Really? Uh, yeah, it's that very confusing. And as bizarre. you said, the law is not clear. There's the courts, one court says something, and then the other court says the opposite. And it's, it's a big mess and nobody knows what to do. I don't think I've ever had a time in my life where I've heard the word court so many times. Mm -hmm. Like I'm realizing how much of our lives just depend on someone who has a law degree making a decision, sure. which mm -hmm. blows my mind. Like I've never had so many court decisions in my life in like a two year span. Yeah. Where I'm yeah. like, oh, holy cow! I should have just been a lawyer because, like, I, then I just get to decide what happens in the world. Like, right? It's just cra That's crazy. I don't think anyone's saying oh, I should have just been a lawyer. Well, no, <laughs> but like, I mean, if it's if it's like, sorry, am I a legitimate human or am I not? Like, judge, no, please decide. Do, please decide my legitimacy as a human or as a parent or whatever. Like, mm. if I were if I were a gay kid in high school i would be like yeah i'm gonna be a lawyer i'm gonna fight this yeah i've never woken up and been like hmm, i should have gotten a law degree <laughs> it's just the 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 influence behind it i didn't realize the influence the behind it <laughs> wild Something we were um, when we were you know having this conversation because it opens up you know so many different levels um i said to Giacomo last night i was like well what if you got a job in france because when you're an eu citizen right we can mm -hmm. go anywhere so I was like, well, Italy, maybe like, they won't accept us. So why not go to like Spain or France, somewhere more progressive? And you told me that we would still have the problem of he, Italy would still have to approve what we're doing. So it still connects back to Italy because of his citizenship. Because, okay. so no, it's kind of like, and again, this is my understanding. I think it's correct, but I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but I can, as a EU citizen, um, I can live, work, live and work in, in any, any country yeah. in the EU without a visa. Right. Um, so, and Sydney could too, because we, uh, our civil union is registered in Italy. Mm -hmm. But so he was saying, we're going to France. <laughs> what if you get a job <laughs> in a country that is not Italy that allows 
um, adoption and all that, um, wouldn't that work? And I think it wouldn't because as an Italian citizen, all the bureaucracy needs to go through Italy. So like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to get a French passport. I'm not going to get like, I cannot get a French passport because I'm not a French citizen. So right. I need to go through Italy for Well, everyone. they, they had their child in Spain, right? So, so and... they, no, they had the child, I think they had the child in Italy. Oh, they, okay. But they did that the, 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 I, fertility yeah, stuff in, in Spain. Spain. Okay. 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 <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah, that would be complicated. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's, huh. it's long-term family planning, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. That dual citizenship or not. Do you have like, I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty strong draw to want to go back to Italy. Is that because of the amount of family that you have there? Um, or... I don't, well, in the foreseeable future, I don't see us moving back to Europe. Yeah. I do like the idea of having, of always having the option. Yeah. To do I'm it. very and, jealous of that option. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I want my children to be Italian citizens because this way yes. they'll have the option to do whatever they want, wherever they want it to do it. Yeah. So, um, more just the opportunity. That's what I'm, um, more drawn to. Can they be dual citizens rather easily if like you guys are registered in the U S and then. Yeah. Dual with Italy, Italy and American citizenship they are uh, compatible. Not all countries allow it. Like I know India doesn't allow it, but, um, or China, but Italy does. And yeah. US. Okay. And then just to round out, like, what do you, what do you hope to see changed in Italy? Maybe gay marriage would be nice. Cause that would open the door to families and totally opportunity. I think, yeah, in a nutshell, that same sex couples could be treated the same way as, um, not same-sex couples, mm -hmm. like heterosexual couples are. I think that's the ultimate goal. Um, we're just, we don't want more, just want the same. Literally. I, I think um, it's, I think it's interesting when legal, like legalizing uh, marriage equality in the U S became, it became this like personal thing for people who hold certain religious um, beliefs. And it's like, I don't, it, it's not about that. Like, yeah. I didn't decide that that marriage meant I could go visit him in the hospital, like if mm. he's dying or whatever. You know, it's like right. I I didn't decide that. That's not like in a religious text of like <laughs> marriage means you can do this. Marriage means you can do that. Like all the legal stuff. It's like mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not trying to like diminish any of your religious beliefs. Somebody decided that marriage means all these legal things, and I would like to be protected. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. I just we want the legal protections. I don't. You can we have want the same protections. You can have your yeah. your view of what marriage means from from a religious standpoint. I just want the legal part of it to be protected and like mm -hmm. legitimized as a human. So yeah, exactly. It's like you brought a good point yesterday about the kids too. Like it, it's just all these things are hurting the children at the end of the day. I know. Yeah. Which they claim they want to protect, like, right, right. like protect the children. We want to protect the children. Well, like, don't delegitimize their family. Like, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's just put them in foster care or something. I know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. sad, but 
Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and for sharing. translating. Yeah, and for translating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. Yes. I thought of a master plan before we sign off. Okay, you ready? Yes, yes so I'm ready for the master plan. 2025. I'll get my citizenship. Okay. Then we'll get divorced. You guys get divorced. Then we'll get married separately. Then we'll give you our citizenship. Oh, this is. And then so we'll perfect. all be your citizens. Then get remarried back to each other. Oh my god. Wow. I'm very happy with that. I mean, yeah. Don't tell the governments. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm, I'm sure TLC could oh. make a show around that. International yeah. husband swap. Yeah. TLC coming to <clears> ninety <throat> day television. dual citizenship. Right yes. while in America. <laughs> oh my god. We know the secret now. Yes. Yes. So I'll keep it to twenty twenty five. Perfect. I am thankful that we have the ability to do surrogacy in the U.S. that um, we live here. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I do feel, I don't know, relieved in a sense after talking about this and researching it more and seeing like how difficult it is in other places. And I hope that, you know, LGBTQ plus people everywhere can have more access to having a family, building a family. This is like kind of a weird thing and knowledge is power. And now you have the knowledge of where the best places to do surrogacy yeah. are in the U S and in the world and where to avoid and where to avoid. Yes. With that, we would love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, what do you mm-hmm. think about the current situation in Italy? What are your thoughts on like doing surrogacy within the U S and other places? Um, you can email us at who's your daddy pod at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Instagram at Michael and Matt. And we haven't done this yet. I don't think we've read a review yet. Oh, <gasps> let's right? read a review. <laughs> We're going to start doing this. So please leave us a review, leave your comments, leave your questions. And we will start reading these at the end of every episode. Okay, here we go. Uh, code underscore two, two, three, five, oh, nine says, I am so excited for this. You both are going to be helping a lot of people with this podcast. My husband and I will be starting our journey next year. So I look forward to having some insight on the process. Much love. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. I hope that this can be somewhat helpful, helpful, insightful, educational. To check out what we're doing from the day to day, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of the places at Michael and Matt. Make sure you're subscribed, followed here make sure you've given a rating and please write us a sweet sweet review we would love it um and until next time daddy's Daddy's out our family has grown welcome to the world hannah baby introducing a new collection hannah soft made with tencel it's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments and it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.